you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. We're glad you're worshiping with us today, whether in person or online. And a couple of weeks ago, we started a brand new series of messages called Parables. And there's a couple of things before we jump into uh, today's parable uh, that it's important that we have a little bit of a background on understanding parables. The first thing is, is to understand the word itself, the, to define what is a parable. Well, it, it comes from the same word from which we get parab uh, parabola. So if you remember in math class, you remember the, the, the curve line where on a graph, one side mirrored the other. That's the idea of a parabola. That's the idea of a parable. In other words, Jesus is going to give an earthly story. He's going to tell us something that's familiar to us, but it's going to mirror a heavenly truth. It's going to reveal something about the kingdom of God. The second thing I want us to understand is why Jesus spoke in parables. Now, Jesus tells us himself uh, the reason, and that is that he is providing us insight into the kingdom of God to help us to understand things from God's perspective. And if we're not careful, what we're going to do is we're going to fall into the same trap that the Pharisees did. And that is we're going to see the surface story, the the earthly side of it, and then we're going to miss its spiritual purpose and its spiritual meaning and application. So this is what it means when the Bible says, hearing they do not hear. They heard the story, but they didn't quite grasp what Jesus was after. So this morning we're going to look at a parable trilogy. This is exciting because uh, it's not just one parable that Jesus shares, but he actually shares three these three are tied together. We don't always read them together. Uh, sometimes they're isolated from one another, but they're really best understood uh, together. This is a group of three parables that Jesus shared back to back. And he shared them together because when they're shared together, they are going to share the same key point. But there's a nuance when we look at the spiritual meaning. So on the surface, we see uh, the earthly story, and there's, there's common thread, but there's this spiritual meaning that we're going to see as a nuance. However, these three parables are often isolated from each other. In other words, to make this point, uh, if I were to ask you what are the two parables that are associated with what's commonly called the prodigal son, most people are going to be familiar with the prodigal son and that parable, but they're going to be unfamiliar with what two parables are associated with it. They would say, yeah, I've heard of the prodigal son, but what are the other two? So before we jump into these three parables, let me tell you the common thread that runs through all three of them. Within each parable, there is something that has been lost and something that has been found. Something has been lost, and then something has been found. Now keep in mind that the mirrored understanding of the parable is going to reveal something about the kingdom of God. In fact, it reminds me of the iconic episode of Seinfeld, uh, which they lost their car in a parking garage. Now here's what I want you to notice as we're watching this clip from Seinfeld today. I want you to take note of how each person contributes to the search 
of this lost car. That's what we're looking for. Check it out. Where's the car? Well, I, I thought it was here. You don't know where we parked? <laughs> this is great. Look, I thought it was green 22. I remember orange. I thought it was orange. I didn't pay attention. Oh, this is just what I mean. I'm sure it's right around here. Yeah, yeah, it looks familiar. I remember the elevator. There's elevators all over. Everything looks the same. But like rats in some experiment. It's over there. I know where it is. It's black, right? Well, it's dark brown. So a parking lot, you write it down. How hot is that? There it is. Ah. No, no. That's a Toyota. <laughs> Hey, did we come in over there? I, I thought we came in over there. How long can fish live in one of these plastic bags? I don't know, maybe two hours? You better find this car. Let's try this one. Really have to go to the bathroom. They all have unique uh, uh, perspectives, don't they? They each have a different attitude toward finding the car. It's almost like some of them, you know, uh, yeah, had a uh, don't really care attitude. Others had a, well, we need to hurry up and find it because I need something or I need something from it. But their attitude toward finding the lost car is really helpful for us today because that's really what these parables are about. They're addressing the attitude toward finding something that's lost. So we'll look at that. Let's look. Luke chapter 15, we're going to pick up at verse 7, or verse 1, rather, through verse 7. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him, that's Jesus, to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he, that's Jesus, spoke this parable to them, saying, what man of you having a hundred sheep if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he, has come home, when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Well, let's begin with key point number one, and then we'll unpack it a little bit. Key point number one is this. The parable of the lost sheep points us to Jesus as our good shepherd. The parable of the lost sheep points us to Jesus as our good shepherd, now, this language of shepherd and, and sheep are a bit harder for us to relate to, uh, especially in our, in our culture today. We don't ha- are not surrounded by a ton of shepherds. We're not surrounded by a ton of sheep. So the language of Jesus as a good shepherd and his followers as sheep is found throughout Scripture. But it loses a little bit for us because we don't, we don't really relate to that quite as well. But the good shepherd, it's important to understand, is not a hireling. Well, what is a hireling? Well, the shepherd is the owner of the flock. The owner of the flock, while a hireling is someone who is paid to supervise the sheep, but he doesn't own them. So a hireling would not leave the 99. 
They would see the lost sheep as an unfortunate loss. But because they're a hireling, they're going to say, I was paid to, to watch over the sheep, and they're going to stay with the majority of them. But the shepherd, the one who owns all of them, the shepherd finds value in every single sheep and would actually seek the one that was lost. Now, the Bible also teaches us that, that a good shepherd knows his sheep by name, that he will carry you. It reminds me of, uh, of, a, of, a, of a story, not really sure of, of whether or not it's true or not, but it, legend has it that uh, there is a, um, an aspect of this that might be true historically, and that is that um, so, uh, at some point in history, there seems to be a time when shepherds, what they would do is if they had a wandering sheep, that they would, uh, once they found that sheep, that they would, they would come up on it and break one of its legs. And it sounds terrible. But then what they would do is they would bandage that leg. The sheep couldn't walk. And then they would place that sheep up on their shoulders. In fact, it's very similar language to what we're reading here in the parable, where the shepherd would look for that sheep, that wandering sheep that's lost. He finds it, and even though there's no mention of a breaking of leg, he still puts it upon his shoulders. He's carrying the weight of this sheep. He's carrying the burden of this sheep. Now, if in fact it's true, and the legend is true, that the shepherd would break the bone of the sheep, it, the, then that means that he would have to carry this sheep uh, not only to, to, during feeding time, but he would have to take it during the time to get something to drink. Uh, he would have to carry it continually until it was healed. And as legend would have it, that eventually these sheep would, their, their bones would be restored and they would learn to walk again. But they had grown so used to being next to the shepherd uh, that the shepherd would often trip over that sheep because they would never wander off again. Now, again, there's, there's not a lot of support historically for that narrative, and some argue whether or not it's even true. However, there is some unusual support for it. It's at least seemingly on the surface, Psalm 51, verse 8. In Psalm 51, verse 8, this is the, the famous passage where... David has been confronted about his sin. And David is crying out to the Lord in prayer. And he says something unusual to God. He, you know, he recognizes that God is his good shepherd, but David makes this comment that God has broken his bones and that his bones rejoice in that and that he's thankful for that. Well, what would David be referring to? Well, it certainly seems that David is referring to this idea, this concept, that a good shepherd would do anything that's necessary to heal or to find and then bring healing to the lost sheep. As I thought about it this week, I was reminded of, in our own home, what I call the case of the missing cat. Uh, I alluded to this a few weeks ago. Uh, but several years ago, uh, we loaded up our, our minivan at the time, and we went and searched uh, throughout the neighborhood on a quest to find Midnight. That's our son's cat. Now, 
keep in mind, uh, and I, 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 this is no secret, I was never a huge fan of this cat, uh, but nonetheless, it was a family adventure. We've got to go find this cat. You know, it's been gone for a little while. Not sure exactly how long it has been gone, but it's been gone long enough for us to be concerned. So now we load up the van and we're going to drive around the neighborhood. Maybe we can, maybe it's wandering around the neighborhood. Maybe it just got out of the house. I remember not getting, I mean, not getting much farther past the stop sign. I mean, we were, we pulled out of our driveway, pulled down a couple of houses, came to a stop sign. I turned right and I hear this uh, thump, thump. And uh, I wasn't sure exactly what it was, and then a, and then a thump, uh, like a uh, the, the the like the tires running over something. And then I look in my rearview mirror, and I see something black take off running toward one of our neighbor's backyards. At this point, I realized what had happened. The first couple of thumps that I heard was the cat falling. Uh, from underneath the hood. It had, had crawled up next to the engine for, for probably for the warmth. And then as, as we were driving around, it recognized we're moving, and then it tried to get out. And then there was the, the thump. And then, of course, the wheels running over it. And I did, in fact, run over our cat. And uh, it was an unfortunate thing, but we did find it. We found the cat. The cat survived uh, we, with... Uh, a broken back, but we took it to the vet, got it, got it squared away. We did everything that we could to bring that cat back around. It used up one of its lives, no doubt. But here's the thing. It was a family thing. All of us got out. All of us went looking for it. Um, those of us who probably didn't have that great of an attitude toward the cat, and then uh, those of us who, who love the cat dearly, so what's our role then? What is our role when we consider the, uh, the parable of the lost sheep? When we consider something like that that's been lost, what is our role? If Jesus is the good shepherd in this parable, where are we? What's our role? What's our purpose? We'll look back at verse 2. Here's what it says. The Pharisees and the scribes complained saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he, Jesus, spoke this parable to them, saying, our role in this parable is to have a proper attitude toward the spiritually lost. We must have a heart of compassion and a heart of forgiveness. 